0: Thanks for joining us through the CrossBridge podcast. We hope this message speaks to you wherever you may be on your spiritual journey and helps you take your next step of growth in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about CrossBridge or to speak with one of our ministry team members, please visit crossbridge.church. Hello, CrossBridge. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you online, Peru crew. We love you. I miss you. I cannot wait to be back over there again with you and get some Stone Jug barbecue. (laughs) It is amazing. But I love Peru. They're number one in my heart in Peru. And then Stone Jug is a close second. Hey, it's so good to be with you today. Uh, My name's Pastor Harold. For those of you who are visiting with us, I am our student pastor here at the Ottawa campus. And so uh, Keith asked me to preach this weekend and I was so excited. I love these opportunities. I I take them uh, very, very seriously and I I hope that God um, uses me. I hope, that, I hope that I am this small and you see God being this great big thing in your life today. I, I believe God has laid a message on us for this service. And so my prayer for you is that your minds and your hearts are opened and receptive to what God wants to speak in you today. Can, can you get along with that? If not, too bad, because it's coming anyway, okay? Okay. Well, hey, so I'm just going to review, right? So I am wrapping up. We are landing the plane in this series to be continued. But the the, the first few weeks that we've had, we've had keep going, keep growing, keep knowing, keep undergoing, keep showing, keep glowing, keep following. And today is keep overflowing. All right, keep overflowing overflowing. Hey, we're going to be in Philippians chapter four. If you have your device with you, if you have your Bible with you, the words will be up on the screen. But as we read the word of the Lord, I'm going to ask if you're able, would you please stand with me as we honor God's word. Philippians four, verse four through nine. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Put it into practice, and then the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to be together today. Father, I pray that the words that Paul wrote in Philippians would just lay heavy on our heart. God, that it would bring this conviction of a mindset that we're going to break down to. Father, I pray that you would give me your words, not Harold's words. My words are uh, not enough. God, I pray that you would use me. I pray that you would use this time that you have set aside for us to be together today. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. So what is the main takeaway from the context of this passage? If you were to read through this, if you were to take your Bible, to take your device, right? If you were to take a highlighter, what were some of the words that you would highlight in this passage? What is the main takeaway? What is the main theme? And here is the main theme. God wants to deliver joy to your life. Do you believe that? That's good news. God wants to bring joy to your life. I'm so glad three of you are excited, okay? You guys are going to have to wake up, all right? You're going to have to wake up. But God wants to deliver joy to your life. We'll see you next week. Like, what else do you need? You You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else if you truly believe that. If you take anything away from today, if you take anything away from these precious moments of us being together, is that, guys, you've got to know and you've got to believe that God wants to deliver joy to your life. I want you to believe that. You have to believe that. We have to believe that. But unfortunately, Keith is like, Harold, you can't preach for five minutes and send everybody home. He's like, you've got to give them a little bit more than that. So here comes a little bit more information. So, I, I, so this idea of joy, right? God wants to deliver joy to our life. I, I want to go over some definitions. I like to use the Google for definitions. So I encourage you, if you have questions, use the Google. All right? So joy. Joy. Joy is feeling great pleasure or happiness, right? Most of us could kind of come to those terms probably on our own without opening up our laptop or smart device, right? We kind of understand that. But what I want to talk about first is that that is our earthly, worldly understanding of joy, feeling great pleasure or happiness, right? The earthly understanding of all this, it's, it's moment to moment, it's not this idea of a, of a continuing thing, right? It's joy in an earthly, earthly understanding. It's moment to moment, right? It's this, oh man, we just ate at our favorite restaurant. So much joy, right? The Bears finally won a playoff game, right? This moment to moment. There's a lot of margin in there, right, Bears fans, right? You guys are like, Pastor Harold, you're pushing it, Okay. Right? But our earthly understanding, and so many times a lot of us as Christians, we don't live into joy continuously. We have moments, but there's margin in the middle. Right? Some of us in here today, some of us, we experience a lot of joy in these moments. I hope you do. That's a good thing. But what about on Tuesday? What about on Thursday? What about on Friday when all your reports are due and your boss is really on you about getting a project done, right? What about when you and your spouse have have to have a difficult conversation, right? Like those moments usually aren't moments of joy. But as Christians, it breaks my heart and even myself included that there's too much margin in my life when, when joy comes to the surface. Would you, does that make sense? Right? Because if God is wanting to continuously deliver joy to my life, then what is causing those gaps of margin? But joy in the biblical sense, right? Joy in the biblical sense, it's a feeling of good pleasure and happiness that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. Now, those are two very different things right? The earthly joy is moment to moment. The biblical understanding of joy and the joy that God wants to deliver you, it's saying, it doesn't matter who you are, Harold. If I'm in your life, if I'm number one in your life, it doesn't matter what's going on around you, Harold. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. I'm wanting to deliver joy to your life. Your joy should depend on me being in a relationship with you, not all the things that are going on in your world. Because even though as good as my life is and as, tr- and as good as my family, is, as good as we try to make it, there's, there's still those margins. And how can we close those margins down? And so I say this again, I think there's a big problem in the, in, in the Christian lifestyle where we don't really sell a good product because we don't live full of joy. There's too big a margin there. And, and some of you may be saying, Pastor Harold, you're getting a, you're getting a little critical. Okay, well, g- get over it. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. I, 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 I tell my students all the time, I will never stand on a pedestal and say things and do things that, that I have not either struggled with or going through myself. But guys, we got to close down that margin. We can't look at the world for joy to close down those margins. Well, some of you may be saying, well, Pastor Harold, it makes sense what you're saying It's encouraging. Those things can happen when I'm here in this place, when I'm in this room. Those moments can happen. But is it even realistic? Is it even realistic when we all have so many negative things that impact us, right? Like all of us deal with negative things that, that impact us. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Aren't you encouraged? Did you know that you have an enemy? You don't have a competitor. You have an enemy. That sole purpose is to rob you of joy. That's his only job. That is the only job of the enemy. Um, so I'm going to share a story with you. I'm going to be vulnerable for a couple minutes. Um, I need a sip of water. Sorry. Sorry. We had a football game last night and my voice is shot. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I'm not scared of a lot. I'm not scared of very much. I am deathly afraid of snakes. See, I'm being vulnerable and you're laughing at me. (laughs) Guys, I encourage you, you encourage me. This is how this works, this dialogue piece, okay? Okay. Seriously, I am scared to death of snakes. And some of you may be saying, Pastor Harold, that's no way, you're too tough and manly. I know, it's a shocker, right? <laughs> terrified. I am terrified of snakes. Um, a few years ago, I was at Costa Rica on a missions trip. We, one of the days we had like a travel day, and there was a zoo. We went to a zoo, and unfortunately, the zoo had a snake exhibit, right? Uh, I got a picture I want to show you, um, I was not happy to go through this snake exhibit. If you look on the sign behind you, it says no flash. <laughs> that, is, that is a sign from God, right? Right? And I didn't go in there. It said no flash, so I don't go in there. And I don't. Uh, my family, our favorite thing to do is go to the zoo. We walk past the snake exhibit phew, every time. Not happening. What if something breaks? What if one gets out? No bueno, okay? Not even going to risk it. Not even going to risk it. So I've got a story of, of the reason why I'm afraid of snakes. Um, my earliest, earliest childhood memory, this is, this is it. Um, I, I remember some birthday parties. I, I really don't remember a ton about my childhood, but this is, this is my earliest, recollection. whatever R word I'm trying to say, this is my earliest memory, okay? Okay. Um, I was three, four years old, okay? Three, four years old. Some of you are already laughing. Stop laughing. Um, Three, four years old. My family, uh, we were living in Kentucky, and my mom had a friend who was like in between moves. They were moving her stuff, and she needed a place to stay for a couple days, and then she was going to move into her house. Um, and so anyway, I, I called my sister this week, and I talked to her, and I was like, hey, Sarah, I'm going to share this story. D- do you remember this happening, right? Because I, I don't want to lie to our congregation, right? I, I don't want that on my conscience. And so, and she was like, well, I don't super remember that. And so I just hung up the phone, like because it happened, okay? And so, but, but anyway, um, so here, here's the story. My mom had a friend, she moved in and she had a a pet snake, right? She had a pet snake. And so she brought the snake with her. Um, So anyway, so I'm lying in my bed. This is my earliest childhood memory. I'm lying in bed. I wake up because I feel something in my bed. And so I remember pulling the blankets up and this snake was in my bed. It had gotten out of its cage and worked its way into my bed. And ever since then, like, petrified. I am petrified of snakes. They scare me to death. And so I called my dad on the phone. I'm like, dad, I talked to Sarah. She didn't really help me all that much. But my dad was a truck driver. He was on the road a lot. He was like, well, I remember when your mom's friend, she came and stayed and she had the pet snake. But he was like, what was your mom doing letting somebody come in the house with a snake anyway? I'm like, that's what I was saying, right? (laughs) And so me and my dad was on the same page. And anyway, so... I say all that to say, I I, I try to push myself in certain areas. And this year, it was on my heart where it was like, I have to get over this fear. Have you guys ever done that? Like like where you're wanting to kind of get over something, you're trying to get over the hump of something, and you you start thinking about, so how are you going to do this? How am I going to do this? And so I'm thinking about this. And some of you may know, my brain works a little different. Um, So anyway, so I came up with this idea, and I'm like, I'm going to buy something that is like snake related. And I'm going to put it in the house, not like a snake, but just something where it's like I'm seeing it, I'm around it. And I'm just like, well, I could get like a stuffed animal snake, but I'm a grown man. That's not going to work. And so then I'm like, it dawns on me. I'm going to get on eBay and I'm going to buy some snakeskin boots, right? So that's what I did. I got on eBay and I got this really good deal on these snakeskin boots because like at one point in time they were real and somebody did an awesome thing and supported the ministry and murdered this thing, right? And so now it's probably half of its wallets and half of its boots. It's right where it needs to be, right? Where all snakes should be wallets and boots. So anyway, so, uh, so I ordered these and I'm thinking, like, I'm going to be able to wear them. I'm going to have, like, dominance over the situation. Like, I can go and put them around all my other boots and I can, like, touch it when I need to and just, right? Is that making sense? I'm like, I'm around it so I can start to kind of get over this. And so anyway, I, um, <laughs> so these boots come in the mail. I come home from the office and Whitney's like, what's this box of boots? And I'm like, Here's my plan, and I lay out my whole plan. And she's like, you're an idiot, okay? <laughs> and so anyway, um, so I'm, I'm going through the whole deal. We have dinner that day, and then every night, Summit and I, we, we get on the ranger, and we go look at cows, like we go check cows. It's our favorite thing to do. It's our, it's our father-son time every day. That's what we do. So anyway, so after supper, we're walking outside of the house, and this was laying on my house, The same day my boots came in the mail. (laughs) Okay? The same day my boots came in the mail. And so immediately I'm like, okay, it's go time. It's a little bit sooner than I anticipated, but it's time. So Summit literally like walked right past it. And as soon as I opened the door, I'm like, no! I just grabbed him by the shirt collar and just threw him in the house. And, And I go back, I shut the door and I lock it. And I'm like, Whitney... The devil himself is on our porch, <laughs> okay? And I don't panic. You can ask my wife. I never panic. I never panic. We, we've had to deal with some emergency type things before, and I don't panic. Like, that's one of the things that like, I pride myself on. And, and I am losing it. I am losing it in my living room because I'm just like, I've got to do something. I, this, is my, this is my time. I've got to do something. And, and, and for some of you who know me, I have a of weapons arsenal in my house to take care of the situation. I run to the garage. I run to the garage. I come back. I have a rubber mallet and a pooper scooper. <laughs> this is true. Ask Whitney. Whitney's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. This is all I saw and I just grabbed it. So I go outside. I go outside and I'm just like, what? it's laying there and I I have no, there's no other thoughts that come over my mind but to just throw this hammer at this snake. (laughs) So I throw the hammer, I hit it, it falls off. It's kind of like dazed and confused and it kind of like works its way like under our steps into the abyss of something on our porch, right? Epic fail, epic fail, right? I had all the motivation in the world right? I had a plan in place. I had all the motivation in the world, like really good motivations. But like I absolutely panicked, right? And I let something rob joy from me again. Now I tell you that story because I want to ask you, what is stealing your joy today? What is your snake? Right? What is your snake? What is your snake today? What are the things in your life That is robbing you of joy. If we go back to the scripture, if we go back to Philippians, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. I believe with all my heart, every single one of you are motivated to have a better relationship with Jesus. I believe that. I believe that the couples in here and the families in here, I believe that you're motivated to be the best mom and dad and husband and wife, aunt and uncle. I believe that you're motivated to do the best that you can. I don't think for an instance that some of you are in here saying, well, I'm motivated to be the worst husband I can be, Pastor Harold. I'm motivated to be the worst wife. I'm motivated to be the worst mom, worst dad. I don't believe that. I believe that a lot of you are motivated to be the best employee that you can be, to be the best friend that you can be. But this is where I'm going to kind of like, this is where it's going to get a little hard. I'm going to tell you something. Motivation is not enough. The motivation that you put in your life will not be enough. It doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to. It doesn't matter what your pump up song is for the day. Motivation is not going to be enough. It's going to take something that we don't like to talk about a lot. And it's called discipline. Guys, we have to place discipline things in our life for us to grow. We have to get to a place to where we can say, I'm willing to put things in my life that are going to help me along in my journey and my relationship with Jesus. And it's saying it right here in this passage. Rejoice in the Lord when? When it feels good for you? When things are going well? No, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Do not be anxious about anything. How many of us are full of anxiety? Now that's okay, you're human, but as Christians, we're called to place prayer over anxiety. That's a discipline. Did you know that? That prayer is like a discipline for Christians? Not like a spanking discipline, but as like a something that you need to like fortify in your life. We have to pray over the things that give us anxiety to be thankful it's all here in Philippians and at the very very end it says whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put it into practice. Guys, practice is just another word for discipline. And God is pursuing you. I believe that right now in this moment that God is pursuing you. But here's the deal with our relationship with Jesus. This is a two-way street. God is saying, I'm coming for you. I want to be with you. I want to help you. But then God takes the ball and says, but you have to play with it. You got to correspond with me. You got to communicate with me. You got to trust me. Because as Christ followers, right? As Christ followers, as Christians, there's too much margin for our seasons of joy. And I get it. When good things in my life happen, I'm like, yes, yes. Thank you. But when we read this passage, to throw a layer of context on this, Paul's writing this. He's not writing this from Malibu or Hawaii. He's in prison. He's in prison as he's writing this. Guys, maybe this is a season in your life. That whatever that may look like, whatever you have to do, if you have to set an alarm on your phone to, to open up your Bible app, if you have to set an alarm on your phone to spend some time in prayer, if, if you have to look up questions on the internet about how to have, you know, a conversation with your spouse about godly things, you got, guys, we have to do those things. Whatever discipline you need to place into your life, we have to do that. We have to put those things into practice. We have to put those things into practice. In, in John 10 10, I'm going to read it again. It says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But there's a second part of that verse. Jesus is talking, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Right? This idea that we have an enemy, right? We have something that is constantly trying to rob us of our joy, that's trying to make those margins of success in our life bigger and bigger and bigger. You have that going against you, but we also have a God that says, hey, I'm here, I'm in the mix. Not that, not that, you, not that you can just manage those problems, not that you can just do your best, but I'm here to be in a relationship with you that you can have life to the full, right? Who in here could enjoy some fullness, right? Me, right? I would love some fullness. I, I got an illustration I want to share with you. So I hope you can see this. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a vase full of water and, and half of it's filled with uh, water and the rest are ping pong balls, right? And so in these moments is when it's easy. Like on the weekend, when you're here with us, when we're with you, those are the things that's easy. But what happens on Monday? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Negativity. Ha! <laughs> right? That's what happens right? Like all kinds of bad things will happen. Good catch, sir, right? It's going to come because Scripture says that you have an enemy that's going to try to rob you of that joy. But how we shorten down those margins in our life is when, when we're not here when it's easy, but on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and on Saturdays, when we allow God into our life, those negative things They have no place, right? Like there's no place, but here's the deal. Like, but the enemy's still going to be coming for you, right? It's still going to try to pursue you, but as long as we're, it, it can't be forced, right? Guys, we have, we serve a God that doesn't just want to help you manage your problems. He wants to free you from that. We serve a God that wants to give you everything that you can imagine and have it to the full. But here's the deal. The motivations that we have in our life, they're not going to be enough. They're not. I am motivated to be a great dad. I think you believe that. But if I don't put things into practice in my life, that's not going to be enough. Because my kids drive me crazy sometimes. (laughs) I'm motivated to be a good husband. But as awesome as Whitney is, she upsets me. I don't upset her. (laughs) But we have to put things in our life and ask people to be a part of our life. Because I believe that we give the enemy too much ground. And we don't allow God to have enough space. When it says in scripture that God wants to give us life to the full. I want you to celebrate that today. I want you to celebrate that on Tuesday. I want you to celebrate that when you have a work meeting with that you're not looking forward to. I want you to celebrate that when things aren't going well in a relationship. I want you to celebrate that when you're having to have a difficult conversation with your kid. Because here's the deal. Joy is coming if you allow it. But you've got to believe it. I'm going to ask you to get on your feet if you're able. We're going to worship. Thanks again for joining us for the Crossbridge podcast. The mission of Crossbridge is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. So please let us know how we can come alongside you and support you and pray for you by visiting crossbridge.church.